Hello, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Intense Like Camping. We're here to laugh, we're here to cry, and mostly here to become the best versions of ourselves. My name is Lindsay. I'll be your intense host for the day. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to my show. I hope my intro for this episode actually worked because I haven't been able to successfully figure that out yet. Hopefully I did today. So this is my end of the end of the year series. Um, This will be my last episode before we start with January of 2019, um, which will be our goal setting episode. So I'm super excited about that. Um, My first episode, I talked about, you know, being more motivated. My second episode, I talked about being self-reflective or quote-unquote introspection. And this episode, I'm just going to briefly talk about a few more things that I think should be in place before we start goal setting next week. So those few things is going to be boundaries, which kind of leads into accountability, but I'm going to leave them in the same category. Values, not comparing yourself to others, and perseverance. So today's episode is actually going to be surprisingly short. I'm not going to spend an extensive amount of time on each of these areas, although I I very well could, and I probably will in the future, but I just want to kind of tidy up, I guess, some things before we start setting those goals. So the first thing I want to talk about is boundaries. Um, If you follow me on social media, uh, or if you know me personally, <laughs> you know that I am obsessed with boundaries. Um, so I didn't start setting boundaries personally till literally 2016. So it's only been a couple years. Um, and that's that's kind of a big deal for me. I grew up in an environment that uh, essentially had no boundaries, which is why I grew up not having them myself, not knowing how to set them, not knowing how to respect them when they were placed by other people. Um, So we're talking about uh, an adult woman who didn't understand boundaries till she was 26 years old. So I've only been setting them now for about two years, and I wanted to talk about them. I know it seems kind of random uh, as far as like this this end-of-the-year segment that I'm doing Uh, and how this relates to goals, but I want to talk about boundaries because here's my big thing with boundaries, especially when it comes to goal setting. So the baseline of a boundary, okay, a boundary is essentially like an emotional line that does not get crossed. Now, technically, you can have all different kinds of boundaries. You can have physical boundaries. Um, You could have emotional boundaries. Uh, Those are really the two biggest ones. Arguably, you could have financial boundaries, things like that. So boundaries are kind of like rules that we set with people in our lives of this is what I'm responsible for. This is what you're responsible for. um, This is behavior that I will tolerate. This is behavior that I won't tolerate. And so the reason I want to talk to you all about boundaries before we start setting goals is because something that used to significantly hinder me when I was younger, especially when it came to manifesting my own success and getting things done, is that I didn't have boundaries, especially with romantic partners. Um, Now, me personally, I was a really extreme case. I really didn't have boundaries with anyone. So, you know, family, co-workers, uh, it was just kind of like a free-for-all where I was all up in their space and there was a lot of blame and codependency and it was the same for people coming into my space, right? Because if you don't set the boundary... People are just going to kind of run all over you and it just it, get, it gets very chaotic. 
And so what would happen when I was younger is let's say I work out Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Well, I would start dating someone and they would ask me out on a Friday. So what would happen is instead of setting that boundary and expectation of like, hey, you know, Friday is a workout day. Can we pick a different day? I would sacrifice my time, my goals, stuff that I was doing to make sure that I catered and spent time with this person. And I could even take it to the next level of if I tried to set the boundary of like, hey, let's do a different day. At that time when I was younger, I was attracting a lot of people who didn't respect that. So then it turned into this like guilt trip of like, oh, you don't want to see me or this is the only time I can see you. So it's so it's now or never type thing. And so what I consistently saw with not just partners, but even friends and family is I was unable to say no and say, hey, man, uh, I have this going on or, you know, we're spending too much time together or I need this alone time or, you know, just a simple no, no, I don't want to hang out with you on Friday. Right. So I really want to encourage you all, there's actually a pretty popular book called Boundaries (laughs) that sort of walks through categories of setting boundaries, not just with your partners, but with your children, um, with your own parents, with your friends. Uh, It's a really great, great read. I encourage you all to, you know, if you've never set boundaries yourself, to kind of get into that space so you can start to understand how you build relationships with people and who's in charge of what and at what point do we say hey this isn't my responsibility you know there's a lot less guilt there's a lot less like weight as as an individual you know what I'm saying because it you know boundaries is essentially I'm an individual you're an individual I'm responsible for my happiness you're responsible for your happiness you know but we just kind of help each other out it's not like this codependent Um, you know, I don't feel good tonight because you're not giving me enough attention. You need to spend more time with me. Like all of that kind of goes away. And the biggest reason I wanted to talk to you all about boundaries is, is because if you're going to set goals and you don't have boundaries with the people in your life, uh, I feel like it's going to be pretty challenging for you to actually meet those goals because what's going to happen is if you don't have boundaries with, like I said, your children or your significant other, and this could be boyfriend, it could be wife. I mean, I, there are married couples who don't have good boundaries. There's, you know, there's a lot of people in modern society that are exercising uh, gross amounts of codependency because they don't have those lines set. They don't have those expectations. You know, those things aren't really brought up. And so if you're one of those people that doesn't know how to say no and can't set aside a time for yourself, um, you know, you're not going to reach those goals. So now kind of segueing into accountability from boundaries is one of the biggest things I've noticed with goal setting is that for some of us, we need someone to hold us accountable to whatever goals that we're going to set. And so again, this is where the boundary comes in and where having those healthy relationships, and I'm talking everybody in your life, you guys, I'm talking people that you work with, I'm talking your friendships, I'm talking, you know, if you're like me, and you're, you know, sort of single and dating, like this is everybody in your life that you need to have these like, rules of this is what I do, this is what you do, this is how we come together, this is acceptable, but this is not. So accountability is relatively important for a lot of us when we set goals because what I'm going to talk about next week is 
how we actually set a goal in a, in a way that will allow us to reach it. And part of that is determining when the goal is actually met. And so what we need to do is we need to have people in our lives where we can say, hey, um, you know, I want to start doing this three times a week, or I want to start this activity, or can you go with me to this place so you can kind of help me out with that? So you have to have the healthy boundary of like, okay, I'll go with you to the gym, but I'm not going to call you every single day to make sure you go to the gym. Do you see what I'm saying? So there has to be a level of like, here's what I'm going to do for myself. And here's what I'm going to reach out for someone else to hold me accountable for. Do you see what I'm saying? So boundaries and accountability. The second thing I want to talk about today is values. What do you value? So another thing I've noticed with people and with myself is we are much less likely to reach a goal if it's not in line with what we value. And I know that seems so basic to say, but people miss, we overlook this all the time. Okay, so let's take me for example. I have been really working on myself in the intimate space and like the dating space, okay? And I kept reviewing, I'm like, what am I doing wrong? How come I can't find a good guy? You know, what's the issue? Why is there no commitment? Why are we a little, you know, all these questions. And what I realized is that finding a partner is not one of my top five values. So obviously, when I go into the dating space, I'm having a hard time obtaining a partner because literally it's not important to me. Just like when people, you know, when we're young, we're out going to college, we're having a good time, we're drinking, and you know, a lot of times we put on weight, and we're like, hmm, how come I, you know, I want to go to the gym, I want to work out, and you know, I used to be really fit, and how come this isn't working? Well, it's not working because you don't value being fit, usually in those years, not everyone, of course, I'm not, you know, saying that college students, we all gain weight, and nobody cares about fitness, but I'm trying to make an example of Sometimes you say you want something and sometimes you even behave in ways that might get you to where you want to be. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that that's not important to you. And so you're, you're not making decisions that are in line with that because even though you may want it to be important or you may do things sometimes that indicate that it's important, um, the fact of the matter is, is that it's actually not of value to you, either in general or right now in the in the place that you're in in your life because of your age, because other things are more important, you know, whatever the case may be. So what I challenge you to do for your values, because this is what I did, is write a list based on what you do right now. Okay, that's the key, is what are your top five values? So this is one of those moments where you have to be truly reflective, because you can't be one of those people that's like, oh, well, you know, I value my family, but you're doing all this traveling and you haven't seen your family in six months. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So do not make the list based on what you want to value. That comes later, okay? Make a list of the top five things. What are you prioritizing? Are you going out with your friends? Are you partying a lot? Are you shopping for yourself? Are you eating at, like, what is it that you are actively doing in your daily lives over and over and over again that is showing you what you value? Okay, the top five. Now, <clears throat> if you're unhappy with those values or you want to set a goal for 2019 that does not line up with those values, the second part of this exercise is to write down what you want to value. So it, it, you're essentially reprioritizing, okay? So th this, is a, this is a common issue, for example, 
in marriages. So what happens is, as two people get married, they're 10 years into the marriage, okay? Uh, Maybe at this point they have kids, both people have careers, you know, maybe they have some trauma that they've experienced together, whatever the case may be. They're going to counseling, they're both trying to make it better, whatever, whatever. Well, what's happening is either both people in the relationship or one person um they're you know they're quote unquote doing everything right but what they're not understanding is that they no longer value the marriage or their partner and so in order to you know sort of reestablish that value they're going to have to do a bunch of inner work and the first step of that is to recognize this is not important to me anymore and a lot of times of course that that sort of you know, being in a position where you have to reevaluate like that usually comes from a place of hurt. So a lot of times we lose that that value or that interest, you know, as far as like investment wise in that person or that marriage, because that person has repetitively hurt us, or maybe it, it wasn't what we thought it would be, or whatever the case may be. And so we're doing all of these, you know, clinical on paper things to try to make it better. But what's truly missing is that we simply don't value that person or that relationship anymore. And so what you're going to have to do (laughs) is you're going to have to say, okay, this is what I'm currently valuing. This is what I want to value. And then you're going to have to dig deep and do the work and figure out how come I don't value this? Like, why is this not important to me? Um, And I think, you know, side note, I think that's one of the biggest uh, barriers for people when it comes to maintaining uh, fitness goals, you know, physical goals, because I ask people all the time when people say, oh, I want to work out, you know, I want to be fit, you know, teach me how to be like you, take me running. And then I see them eating McDonald's four times a week. And I'm like, obviously, you don't really value working out or you don't value your fitness, or you don't value your health. Like, what you value is the convenience of getting McDonald's four times a week and being comfortable. Like, that's just the truth, and people don't want to admit that. And they also don't want to dig deep and figure out why. Why is it more important for them to feel comfortable and convenient in their eating habits than it is to go work out 20 times a day? Like, that, you know, that's the work that you have to do as an individual. So, values. The next thing I want to talk about real quick is comparing yourself to others, which this is a a tricky one Um, and arguably one of the most important things that I think we have to relearn constantly through life. Um, And the reason I want to talk about this is because when you when you set goals, you have to understand that, you know, there's always somebody out in the world who's going to beat you in a, in a category. Okay. That's, this is actually one of the best advice I've ever gotten is no matter where you go, no matter what you're doing, there's always someone who's better than you in a certain category, if not multiple categories. And what I mean by categories is there's always someone who's more attractive than me. There's always someone with more money. There's always someone who is better at a certain thing than I am, right? There's always someone who's more successful. So you have to understand that when you go to set goals, right, there's always going to be someone who's setting a lower goal. (laughs) There's also going to be somebody who's setting a much higher goal. And so if you go to set your goals um, with this idea that like, oh my gosh, you know, this person is setting this monstrous goal and I'm way down here compared to them, you're way more, way less likely, sorry, to follow through with meeting your goal. So for example, My goal last year was to invest in something financially, so I now own a home. 
Now, to some people, because of my age and because I'm like, you know, I did it by myself as a single woman, some people see that and they're like, well, my financial goal is to just, you know, not have all this credit card debt. So to them, if they start comparing their goal to my goal, especially if we're the same age or if they're older or whatever the case may be, they might be less inclined to work towards that goal because now all they're seeing is the comparison between myself and their goal, right? It's just like when I see people at the gym, you know, and I see some girl who's, you know, three years younger than me and she's a lot, you know, more fit than I am and her goal this year is to do a deadlift of 300 pounds and she's like half my size and I'm over here, I can't even do a proper deadlift with like 50 pounds, right? But I can't look at my goal compared to her goal because everyone is always going to be better than you in a certain category like you have to learn that even though there's people who are in better positions than you are there are also people who are in worse positions and it doesn't matter anyways man like there is no you know you should be married by this age you should own a home by this age there's no like right path in life that's something that I've really tried to teach myself because even now you know, I got this home and at first I was really stoked about it. I've owned my home now for a year and I'm very proud of it. You know, it's an investment. I did it on my own, all that great stuff. But again, I look at it and sometimes I'm like, well, I don't really want a mortgage. I don't really want to be attached to a piece of property in a particular state. And so I look at other people who, you know, they're renting an apartment month to month. And so sometimes they look at me and they're like, wow, you're very financially savvy. I should have invested like that. When really I'm looking at them and saying, wow, I wish I had the freedom that you had. You know, you have more freedom. You're not paying as much. You're not tied down to something. And so I think we have this, these ideas in our head conceptually of like, once I do this or once I accomplish this, like all of a sudden you'll be happy. And really what you, what you learn to become enlightened with is that there is no end goal of happiness. Like we're all just on a path. Um, and sometimes we're learning and sometimes we're teaching, you know, and you just, you, (laughs) we're all doing the best we can. There's no magical age. I, you know, I have friends who are 30 years old expecting their first child. I have friends who are 28 years old who are going through a divorce, you know? So it's just, there's no, right or wrong and of course everyone who's now expecting their child was envious of the person who was just getting married five years ago and now the the tables have turned now you have someone who's much older who's like okay i'm finally getting this child in this family uh and the person who was happily married five years ago is now envious that you know their family is broken because we all just you know we we think in our head, man, like once I get to this age or once I do this, I'll be happy like that person. And what what you learn to understand is that nobody, uh, no matter how how blissful their life seems, we all have our own unique paths and we're all going to have happy days. We're all going to have sad days and we're all going to have moments that are you know, sort of taken from us where we're like, ooh, this is the happiness. I've reached my goal. I've gotten married. And then two years later, you know, you're in counseling dealing with adultery, you know? So it just, that's my little, you know, my little uh, soapbox on not comparing yourself to others, man. And I know it's a really hard thing to start practicing, but you have to understand that I think that the easiest way I learned to do that is just like I said, that that wisdom that was passed down to me is no matter where you go, someone's going to beat you in a category. So why are you going to sit here and overwhelm yourself with comparison when just based on actual like statistics and factual information when you know that, you know what I'm saying? So just accept 
that no matter where you go, someone's going to be in a better position, but someone's also going to be in a worse position, and someone's always going to outrank you in a category. And once you learn to sort of process that, then you can kind of conceptually understand that other people are viewing you the same way, right? So if I walk into a room and I say, okay, that girl's prettier than me, I can also then say, once I truly understand this, that there's people walking into rooms saying, oh, that girl's prettier than me or that girl's smarter than me, or whatever the case may be. So once you start to fully understand that, you can apply it back and forth um, to not only people you meet, but knowing that when people meet you. And then the last thing I want to talk about before we start setting those goals this year is perseverance, okay? You have to quit quitting. (laughs) And this, I think, is... This is just a challenge for everyone, man, because life is so tiring and a lot of us, especially once you get older, you know, by the time you've reached like your mid 20s, you've probably been through, uh, you know, a decent amount of life experiences between college, uh, maybe one of your parents got sick. Some people by this age, their parents have passed. Uh, Like I said, I have friends who have been married and divorced and they have children and you know, we've lost jobs at this point. We, it's sort of like you get to that point where you realize life wasn't this fairy tale you thought it was. Like, I think we all, as kids and even as teenagers, we think that, like, oh, we're just going to fall in love and get married and have this perfect career. And then life just kind of smacks you. And sometimes it just beats you down to the ground. And you're like, okay, this is not what I thought it was. And I feel like a lot of people really lose that, like, energy to keep going because you just get so tired and burnt out. And you're like, where do I go from here? Do, should I try dating again? And, and and it's not just in the dating space, man. It's everywhere. It's like you start to be faced with your own mortality. People start getting sick. I mean, it just it gets crazy. You start to experience all of these things. And I think it becomes really challenging to figure out, okay, how do I keep going? And what I'll probably do later on in the podcast is really chat about, um, you know, physical activity, because I think that physical activity really teaches us so much, especially mentally, Uh, but not to kind of, you know, I don't want to deflect and go that route, but perseverance. So stop quitting, man. And I think that the best way to do that is through physical activity. That's what I personally feel. Um, Because me, for example, those of you who know me personally, I um, was a, you know, I became a hardcore runner or what I would describe as a true runner around 2016. A lot of great things really happened to me in 2016. That was really the the seed that was planted for all of my growth. Um, and I had ran before that. I never did track or anything, you know, crazy like that in high school or college. In fact, I wasn't really involved in sports when I was younger. It wasn't until I got out of high school that I became the most physically active. And then there were a couple years where I wasn't really doing any physical activity. I was really immersed in my career at the time. And that's when I gained a lot of weight. And that's sort of, you know, part of the spiral that happened when, you know, everything went down downhill for me. Uh, but anyways, in 2016, I became an avid runner. I ran five to seven days a week. And I got to tell you guys, I promise there is a point to this story. (laughs) I used to be one of those people where when it came time for a workout, if anything came up, I would not do my workout. So like if I was in a bad mood, if my, I lost my headphones, if my phone was dying, if I remember one time I went outside to go for a run and my side started cramping, and I literally went straight home. Like, I probably ran for, like, five minutes, and then I was like, ah, I'm in pain, I'm uncomfortable, and then I just went home. 
And one day I told myself, I was like, dude, I feel like every time I try to work out, something comes up and I'm not getting it done. And I was like, so frustrated with myself. I was like, why am I quitting? Like, this is so stupid. Like, you're, you're just a little frustrated, whatever happened with your headphones or whatever excuse I came up with that day. I was like, I don't understand why I'm letting this like deter my entire workout. And I started to feel like if I really wanted to invest in running, which I did at the time, I would have to stop doing that. Like I'd have to stop making excuses and just finish the freaking workout. So I kid you not, you guys, um, something that was really hard for me and still is to this day sometimes when I'm super emotional about anything, which is very frequently because I'm an intense person. I feel things very deeply, but when I'm super sad or I'm super frustrated, unlike most people back in the day and actually still to this day, a workout actually does not alleviate that for me. So what happens is I feel so distracted by my own like overwhelming emotions that I don't want to work out. That's the last thing I want to do. You know, I'm not like, oh, I should go work out. It's going to blow off some steam. Like I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be extra stressful and I don't want to do it. So what I started doing, I kid you not, I've done this through a couple workouts, especially um, during a couple runs, is I would just cry while I ran. Like literally there have been times where I was running on my treadmill or I was running outside and I was just sobbing my face off because what I was trying to teach myself is... I know you don't want to run. I know you're feeling emotional, but you need to stop quitting. Like, quit quitting, dude, and just keep doing it. And one of the reasons that I hope to talk about physical activity on my future podcasts is because physical activity is not physical. It's mental. And the things that you learn when you're working out transfer to your life if you're consciously aware of the lessons that it will bring you. And so when I started to do that, you know, I'm sitting here going for a run, sobbing my face off, thinking that I couldn't go for the run in the first place. And of course, it ends up being a really good run. I take that with me consciously to other things that I do to my job, to my personal life, to relationships. So I'm, I'm thinking in my head, remember that one time you had a really great run, you know, you ran for 45 minutes to an hour while you were crying and you got through it and it ended and everything was okay, you know? So you have to figure out the spaces that you're most inclined to quit and not persevere and start with those spaces, man. Start with, you know, some people, for example, you have a really bad day at work on Tuesday and some people that's going to be a bad week, right? Some people, you know, your boss says something you don't like, you don't perform as well, you know, and and a lot of people kind of like the same way when I get emotional and I, you know, I get deterred from working out. Some people do that in different spaces. They say, oh, well, I had a crappy day on Tuesday and then the the entire week is just crappy. So it's like you got to take those little moments, those little spaces where, you know, you don't think you can keep going and you got to teach your brain to keep going, like to persevere. Hey, man, you got to get up. You got to try again. So find your little space where you're most inclined to quit and consciously bring that to the front of your brain and work on it, man. And just do, you know, like the example I gave where it's like, I don't want to work out today. And, you know, there were times where I would run for a little bit and then I would walk and then I'd run again and then I'd walk and it would be, I would feel so shameful because I was like, wow, that is a crappy workout. But at the end, I was like, you know what, man, it wasn't your best day, but you got through the day. Like it certainly wasn't your worst day because you kept going. Like sometimes you just you don't have good workouts, man. Just like in life, sometimes you don't have good days. Sometimes you don't have good weeks. Sometimes you don't have good relationships, right? Sometimes you don't have good jobs. Like sometimes things are crappy, (laughs) 
but you have to teach yourself to not quit when they're crappy. So those are my final four notes, um, you know, for the end of this year. Next week, I'm super excited to start setting goals with you guys. So don't forget to stay motivated to self-reflect, have those boundaries and accountability values. Don't compare yourself to others and quit quitting. I'll talk to you next year.